You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Should Have Been a Cowgirl. I'm your host, Jenna Heideman. And I'm your producer, Freeman Arthur, bringing you a very special edition of Should Have Been a Cowgirl because it's a special weekend in Nashville. And Jenna, tell them all about it. Yes, it is PBR weekend here in the Nashville Stampede, Stampede Days. We've been having fun all weekend. Yep. Friday, we got to sit down with the general manager of the Nashville Stampede, which is pretty cool, Tina Baddock. She sat down with us to give us all the ins and outs of what's been going on in Nashville all weekend. And if you are listening to us right now live, we hope that you are in your car headed down to Bridgestone Arena because the last PBR event is taking place at 145 Central Time in Nashville today. Yes, with the dirtiest, rankest, meanest bulls they got. Yeah. PBR a little bit different than the PRCA. They really just focus heavily on the bull riding factor. And, and of course, as we get into this interview with Tina that you're about to hear, you'll listen to a whole lot more and get a whole lot more information about the PBR and what that really means here. But this is your second year, right, doing PBR? Second year. We've kicked off the weekend here in Nashville with Podcast Row. We do a live podcast from Bridgestone Arena. So you guys did this last year out there, but then this year you you got blessed to have me along. Yes, so, so. I, had a, I had a real producer. <laughs> I don't even know if we uh, aired the episode from last year. Really? So yeah, last year we talked to Kate Harrison, who I don't know if, what's the proper term, but she like co-hosts the live show with Matt West. Okay. So they're na- they're PBR announcers. And Matt West is going to be our guest for next week. Yes, and I'm super excited. Yeah, he is our uh, great announcer, been with the PBR for a while. I think he's announced like what, maybe up to 14 PBR finals, yeah, something like crazy. that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a number that's up there, and the guy's got massive biceps. But uh, <laughs> yeah, massive he's guy. really jealous of your, his bench press. Yeah, he does. He bench presses like probably 500 pounds <laughs> plus a house. But Oh my gosh. Yeah, well... This weekend's one of my favorite in Nashville. I've had fun. Cody Hibbard played the plaza. Yeah, because you are kind of balancing this week between being a radio host here at SiriusXM versus also being an artist manager because you've got Cody Hibbert coming out who's been on the show with us. And so yeah. if people want to go see Cody, he played Saturday, he right? He played Saturday, and we, we put out a new song last Friday okay. called Bend. So go check it out. It's one of my favorites from him. And the marketing and the promotion around it's really cool. And they can find that Spotify pretty much everywhere pretty you much listen. Pretty much anywhere you listen to music, go find it, stream it, share it with your friends, all the good stuff. Is there anything else people are supposed to be listening to this week, or is it just everybody needs to focus on Cody Hibbert? Everyone needs to focus on Cody Hibbert. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. We're not biased or anything by <laughs> any reason. Just throw it on repeat, yeah. you know? E- even whenever you're just sleeping. Just yeah, just leave your phone it, on silent. And just turn the volume down repeat <laughs> it does let help. me tell you it adds up <laughs> yeah. after after a while it will after like five days yeah but no i mean there was some new music that came out yeah I've, I've, i mean that paul franklin vince gill album that i was telling you about with the steel guitar that finally came out dang so, did so you I've listen been, to top to bottom yet no I, i've only listened to about half of it um some i mean obviously i could sit here and we could spend this entire episode talking about paul franklin and how great he is at steel guitar but uh but anyway, yeah, amazing, amazing steel guitar player. Uh, also, I want to give a little bit of a plug if I can. So if you are in Nashville this coming Thursday, August 24th, I know a lot of people ask where they can come see me play live. Uh, I will be playing a show with Nathan Stanley, who is the grandson of Dr. Ralph Stanley. Uh, he is doing a show, doing a tribute for Gene Watson, country legend, 
Uh, he's doing a show at the Troubadour, the Texas Troubadour Theater in Nashville. Oh, cool. That starts at 7 p.m. Supposed to be some special guests involved as well. I'm not sure. Do you sure. have the tea on that? Well, I, I'm not exactly 100% sure, but I heard that one of them's name rhymes with mince dill. <gasps> not quite sure if wow. he'll be able to make it or not, but I know he was on the invitation list to be able to make an appearance. So. So, yeah, so if you are in Nashville or in the vicinity of Nashville uh, and you want to come out, again, that's this Thursday, August 24th, I'll be playing with Nathan Stanley at the Texas Troubadour Theater with Gene Watson. And if you do come because you heard this, please feel free to pull me off the stage. Maybe not while I'm playing. That'd be kind of weird, but pull me aside <laughs> after. I'd love to meet you and talk with you and you yeah, know, spend some time. Yeah, get your autograph. Maybe not that. Get a TikTok. Yeah, it is funny because I did go and do uh, Nashville today or today in Nashville yes. on WSMV with Nathan Stanley. And yeah, I had like three people there pull me aside to take selfies with me. It was weird. I know. I'm telling you, everyone knows who you are. It's weird because I don't feel like TikTok fame should count. That's just me. Yeah. I just, it's like, it's too easy. I, I didn't mean, really do anything. You are putting work into it. It is work recording videos and posting. Right. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I guess so, so. You're putting work into it. I mean, there's some TikTok accounts that are harder to do than others because a lot of the times when people request songs, I don't just know all of these songs. I have to go learn you them. You learn them? Yes. I mean, a lot of the times, and, and that's the thing, it does help me to become a better player because I'll, you know, people say, you know, hey, can you do Randy Travis's 1982, the intro on that? And I'm like, oh, I don't think I know how to play that. And then I listen to it and go, oh. I can do that. I can do it. And then you learn little nuances about little licks and things that you can use in other other aspects but anyway so yeah uh this weekend very exciting in nashville though uh it's been a really fun time if you've been down or anywhere around bridgestone arena for pbr if you got to go friday night or saturday night very exciting it's a, time. it's a big weekend in nashville because now i don't follow this so i'm gonna need corrected but messy the soccer player yes he's he was in town this weekend too Really, that's a big deal. So it's a big deal for him. I I don't follow soccer, as I said, but well, most people probably tickets don't. Tickets were very expensive, and I guess it was. I I looked it up because I saw everyone posting like Messi in Nashville. Messi, I'm like, what does this mean? So, so basically, if you don't follow soccer, Messi, as I understand it, I believe he's from Argentina. Okay. I think he's played for the Argent and he Argentina plays in a team. soccer club in America now. Yeah, he's like one of the best and. Well, has won and like took, World Cups. He and, took like the worst team. I want to say they're from Florida and made them one of the best. Like this is like the championship or like they're in some tournament. Yeah, this this is terrible reporting by me because I don't know. But Again, we're not we're big, not reporting on week, soccer. Big weekend for Nashville in general, though. In three doors down, played on Friday night at Ascend. Yeah, having Messi in town <laughs> is probably the equivalency of somebody's like, oh my gosh, like Tom Brady's here. Yeah, kind I mean, of a thing. It's it's a big deal. Yeah, so a lot of cool things going on in Nashville. Uh, but whenever we come back, we're going to take you live to the plaza at Bridgestone Arena as we sit down with Tina Baddock, the general manager of the Nashville Stampede, and we'll give you all the ins and outs of all the things going down for PBR this weekend in Nashville. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman. I'm Freeman Arthur on Rural Radio Channel 147. Sirius XM. Ha-ha. <laughs> Hey y'all, it's Freeman Arthur, producer of Should Have Been a Cowgirl. If you'd like to keep up with Jenna or myself, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, 
And yes, Jenna uses threads as well. You can follow Jenna at cowgirl.jenna on all social media platforms, and you can follow myself at Freeman Arthur on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from the Bridgestone Arena Plaza on Rural Radio Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM with the general manager of the Nashville Stampede, Tina Baddock. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Should Have Been a Cowgirl. We are here live on the Bridgestone Plaza for PBR Stampede Days in Nashville, Tennessee. And we've got Tina Baddock here, the general manager of the Nashville Stampede, joining us. And Tina, thank you so much for taking the time with us. A beautiful day in Nashville. A beautiful day for the weekend of PBR coming here to Nashville. A beautiful shot that I'm looking at of the Ryman Auditorium sitting here on the Bridgestone Plaza. So, Tina, thank you so much for coming on and being with us. Well, thank you both for having me. It's a beautiful day. Nashville is showing off. I'm so impressed. It's uh, We never know what we're going to get, right? And, never. And we, we hit the lottery, so we're excited. It's beautiful. We're excited for the weekend and hoping everybody comes out. So I want to go back and kind of talk about your, your early years and how you got involved in the PBR here. So let's just go back. Like, where, where are you from and, and how did you get involved in rodeo and what was it like growing up where you were? And just give us that whole backstory. All right. Well, this is, this is interesting in a way because the arc of my, my life and my career is pretty, pretty non-related to rodeo generally. I was born and raised in Colorado, so definitely a Colorado person which spent a lot of time outside camping hiking skiing do all the Colorado things and Western lifestyle is a big part of the culture there so definitely grew up around uh, Western lifestyle and rodeo but wasn't part of my life I was a suburb kid spent weekends in the in the high country as we call it um, but not really a, a horse person or a, or a livestock person and went to school in Boulder, Colorado, which we have the best mascot in college football, which is a buffalo. There you go. So um, that probably should have been a little foreshadowing of what was to come in my life. Um, So went to school in Boulder and studied journalism and got into marketing and ended up in publishing. So my whole career has been about publishing and Fast forward 25 years and I work for a family owned business called Morris Communications and they own a a handful of properties in the Western lifestyle media space and through that we had a relationship with PBR. They produced an event for us and some television and when they had come up with the concept of the league and the teams they approached us about being one of the founding teams. So I took it to the family and pitched them on it. Knew nothing about bull riding except that it was really fun to watch and for some reason was just sort of part of the background of my life. Growing up, I knew who the, the players were and knew heard, heard the names of Cody Lambert and Ty Murray and Lane Frost and Justin McBride. So I knew the names, but I wasn't like a super fan. And then the team the family decided yes let's do this and we got to pick our city so we picked Nashville because it's amazing and it's fun and they love the bull riding and they love to have a good time and here we are so uh, it's been a fun fun journey and very unintentional but uh, a great place to to land for sure. So growing up in Colorado, and notice, Jenna, that she said Colorado, not Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, that's how we know. We're not supposed that's to how, say it that way. That's how we know. It's kind of like Louisville from. or Louisville. Yeah, you're yeah. just like, 
yeah. mesh it all together. Yeah, no, it's I, I am that is how you say it, Colorado. So it's rad. So definitely yes, and so definitely uh, Western sports rodeo is a big thing anywhere kind of east uh, of the Mississippi. It's not mm-hmm. typically. So so what is that like whenever you decide to bring a team like this to Nashville? Because if you go back to Nashville's history, I think whenever the Predators first came here, people were like hockey in Nashville. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. And now it's, it's, it's exploded here in this town, and I think that, that people are catching on with PBR too as well. Do you get that vibe, or what's that been like? Definitely get the vibe, and I think what we've learned is that the folks in Nashville just, they want to get behind things. They've gotten behind the Preds, obviously. They've gotten behind the SC. The, there's a, a AAA ball team here. And they just really love to get out and be supportive and be loud, and I think Nashville likes live events and that's evident in the music scene and all all of the things so it's it's any opportunity to get out and celebrate being american this is a quintessentially american sport and you get out there and it's just you know it's fun to watch so i think folks in tennessee and in nashville are looking for looking for a good time and, yeah and this is what this is so you know they adopt all of the fandom that goes with it now, if you're coming out to PBR for your first time this weekend, what can you expect? What are you going to get? You are going to get, we, we have all this signage that I'm, I'm looking at, and it's the, you're going to get the ride of your life. You're going to get the most exciting, exhilarating sports. This is, we call it a combat sport. It's, you know, the unexpected happens all the time, and it's unbelievable. And I think people go through the surprise and delight if they've never been. They're like, why would you do this? And then they <laughs> see it, and then they can't look away um, because you hope they ride, but you're also kind of intrigued when they get flung off. Yeah. So it's just it's really magnetic, and you, it's hard to look away from. So I think that's what people – I again, my family wasn't into it. Now they can't look away. They're, they're hooked. They're huge fans. So, yeah. So they'll come out, and they'll – They'll get a celebratory environment. Uh, Sean Gleason, who's the commissioner of the league, likes to call it a a rock concert with some bull riding thrown in. So lots of music, lots of fan engagement, uh, and a lot of really good bull rides. There you go. And this weekend in Nashville, it's the Stampede Days. And we're we're on the plaza right now. We are having live music here later, and you guys are bringing in a lot of artists, throwing that in in Music City. Do you guys do that that everywhere you go, or is this Nashville-focused? So every market puts a little bit of a, their local spin mm-hmm. on things. And for us, being Music City, we really tried to lean into the, the music part of the fabric here. And, you know, in the way we designed our logo is supposed to look a little bit like a guitar pick and, you know, little nods to the culture here in Nashville. And so here we do a lot of music and we we'll see that in a lot of markets as well but they'll do some other things that are more the local flavor like a barbecue in in Kansas City we just had that event last weekend so it was a lot of a lot of burnt ends going on <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Rural Radio 147. We're live from the Bridgestone Arena Plaza for PBR this weekend with Tina Baddock, the general manager of the Nashville Stampede. We'll be right back on Sirius XM. Hey y'all, it's Freeman Arthur, producer of Should Have Been a Cowgirl. If you'd like to keep up with Jenna or myself, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, 
And yes, Jenna uses threads as well. You can follow Jenna at cowgirl.jenna on all social media platforms, and you can follow myself at Freeman Arthur on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from the Bridgestone Arena Plaza on Rural Radio Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM with the general manager of the Nashville Stampede, Tina Baddock. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heidman on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. We're out here on live from the Bridgestone Plaza, Nashville Stampede days. Now, Tina, we got the Nashville Stampede. Kind of explain this new teams thing. So there are eight teams in the league. We have 11 events. We have 10, eight home team events that go to 10 or eight unique markets. And then we have 10, two, gosh, my tongue is is tied. We have two neutral site events. So that the first one is in Cheyenne. The second one was in Anaheim. And then it culminates with a championship series in Las Vegas. Oh, awesome. So all the teams host an event in their home market and really the rules are the same that the fundamental rules are the same about bull riding so it's eight seconds hold on don't touch yourself or the bull with your free hand um make sure you have the rope in your hand before you hit the dirt and then it's scored so you try to make the eight seconds and then there's a, a score that comes from the judges and the only difference is is that we have grouped the riders into teams and they go head to head. So we'll we'll play a, a team and we each get five shots at a bull ride and then the cumulative score of your team wins the game. So then you just have a win-loss record. So it's changed a little bit how people watch bull riding mm-hmm. because you used to just root for one guy or you rooted for the bulls or you rooted for all the guys. Um, in this scenario, you have the opportunity to get behind your favorite riders in a, in a collective sense or your hometown. Maybe you don't know any of the riders, so you're like, hey, I'm from Nashville, I'm from Memphis, I'm from wherever, and I'm going to just root for the Stampede because they're my hometown team. So it's, it's changed that way. The fundamentals are the same, but it's just a, it's just a twist on it. And it's really changed how I watch it because yeah. I used to root for everybody to ride. So then I was feeling guilty when I'm watching the team we're competing against. I'm like, well, I really hope he doesn't ride this bull. Um, so we decided that we root for the bulls in that situation. Okay. And uh, just hope the bull has a really good out and, and flings that cowboy right yeah. off his back. So, um, you know, that's what we're hoping for. So with rodeo and the PBR being mm-hmm. such an individualized sport as far as, you know, one person riding at a time, but now we have this team format. Can you can you speak to the accountability that now these riders feel because it's not just on them they've got to perform for their team because if you're down say three to two or something and, you, and you've got to get this ride in I mean there's there's a lot more that seems to be pressure on that yes. to perform for your team so, so what is that like in this format It's been interesting for them I think the good things for them have been they now have the support of a team where before they were these lone wolves that would go out and and a lot of them do travel together and rodeo together but in this situation they have a defined group of guys that they rely on and they also have coaching which is huge because they didn't have that before so a lot of what went on before was you know somebody's uncle strapped them on a a steer at some point and said go don't let go (laughs) Um, And now they, you know, we're really working a lot on elevating the sport and making sure everybody has rock solid fundamentals and all of those things. But when you talk to the athletes, they say the pressure is different because they know before it was just for them and the pressure was all on them. And now they really feel that desire 
to want to do it for their teammates. And, you know, that probably cuts both ways. But for us, it's really we've noticed that when one of them's riding well, they all tend to ride well. And if one of them bucks off, it sort of sets the tone. So we have to be strategic about when and who we think is going to cover the bull because you never know the bull they're going to get. So um, it's definitely changed it for them. And I think most of them would say for the better. It, it makes them feel more connected to the sport and the family and in their, their own little tribes, if you will. So it, it's been fun to watch. So when you talk about having a coach for doing bull riding, what, what does that really entail? Because people hear coach riding a bull, I mean, what, what do you tell them? Stay on and don't fall off? Right. You know? <laughs> well, don't let go. <laughs> um, so our coach is a two-time world champion, Justin McBride, and he is a, he is a very basic philosophy about bull riding, which is, you know, keep, keep yourself in the middle and, you know, hold on and don't overthink it. Like, get on there and your body knows what to do, your brain it, your brain just like kind of release it and, and be in the moment. And I think there's a lot of tools that bull riders have these days that they didn't have years ago, like video. So they spend a lot of time watching videos of the bulls that they're gonna ride. And, and that's a slippery slope because if the bull, you know, they have a mind of their own and they may decide that day that they're gonna go the different direction than they normally go. So if, if you've rehearsed going to the left and they come out and go to the right, you've got a problem. Um, so it's those kinds of things. And for him, it's a lot of, you know, the basic physical movements. He coaches them and he says, oh, you know, you're bent over or you're hollowed out or you're leaning this way or that way. So it's that thing, but also the mental game. And he's so good at breaking down the mental game and really coaching them through that before, the, before they ride and during the ride. And, you know, right when they drop into that shoot, I was listening to him last night. He's like, once you're on the back of that bull, you've committed. Like, you're in it now. So just let everything else go away and just jump by jump. That's our, our thing in, in the locker room. I just hang in a neon sign that says, win every jump. So it's the longest eight seconds, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But it's just anticipating what's going to happen next and, and being there for it. Now, when Justin came on as coach, was he strategically picked for Nashville because he has a history here? No. He used to do country music. I don't know if no. you knew that, Freeman. No. I didn't. Yes, he <laughs> he had. He played the Grand Ole Opry. Played Billy Bob. He played Billy Bob. He he played Losers. We were there last night. He did he get up on stage last night? He did not last. <laughs> oh well, he did, but he didn't sing. But we might, if you come to the event, you might see something special from Justin. Oh, okay. So he, Justin is a, you know, he's he's had a very textured life, mm-hmm. and he he wasn't picked because of his connection to Nashville. He was picked because he's the best coach. So I I had a list of folks, and I didn't know Justin. I had a list of folks that. I thought would be really good coaches, and he was my first phone call. He was actually the first person I called when we got the team and we knew where we were going to be, which was Nashville. I was like, okay, step three, I get a coach. coach. And he was the very first person that we hired was Justin McBride because there's no one better, really, truly. Yeah, so you got the team. And then you're just wing. Are you just learning as you oh, go? Yeah. Are you just like we okay, got the team? We had we no name. <laughs> we had no logo. We had no colors. Like, we okay, had no. My it, marketing brain turns on. We we do this. Yeah, and, and it was we didn't have a rule book. 
we had to, you know, we, there were eight of us with the general managers in the league. We got together and we're like, okay, let's make up these. We had the basic rules, but you know, there's always some situation that occurs and you're like, what do we do? Right. <laughs> so the rule book was, was evolving, but you know, we literally from scratch and you know, fun fact, not many people would know this, but our original name was the, uh, the thunder. We were originally thunder. the Nashville thunder. Okay. And then we switched. <laughs> so, and there is another team. Uh, that is called the Missouri Thunder, and there, you know, the, it made more sense for their market for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons to be the Thunder. So we hadn't gone so far down the road that we couldn't switch. We hadn't launched yet, so that's a that will be a trivia question someday, I think. So whenever you have something that's new like this team format, mm-hmm. you have these drafts that that kind of occur. How does that work? Because I think most people statistically kind of know how drafts work and, you know, the NFL and things. You're drafting people out of college. But how does this work whenever you have some people that are already kind of established, maybe in the PRCA or stuff? Right. But, but how, how did that work? So our rule was that you had to declare for the draft. And you just had to sign a paper that said, I, Kaiki Pacheco, wish to ride in the teams. And so that made you eligible for the draft if you were a PBR member in good standing. And then we knew what the board looked like, and we could just go through. So the first year was unique because no one had a team at that point, and we drew ping pong balls <laughs> <laughs> to see who would get to pick first. We had the second pick in the draft, and we picked Kaiki Pacheco. And another great decision for us. And um, that we just went through a snake draft the first year. The second year, which was this year, was a little bit different. We, Our draft position was based on how we finished the season. And we had a, a rough regular season last year, and so we finished last. And we had the first pick in the draft. We ended up trading that pick for a really fantastic writer named Mason Taylor. Um, but we had the first pick. And the writers that came into the draft the second year were guys that didn't declare the first year um, and wanted to see what it was like. And then we did pick up some more PRCA writers this year who thought, oh, I can do both. I can, you know, Sage Kimsey's a good example. Josh Frost is a good example. Uh, I know I'm missing others. There are still some PRCA writers we'd love to see give it a shot. And, and I think as the league grows and we get – you know, more notoriety, if you will, then we'll get more of those folks. But so that's how it worked. It was just a, a regular draft. And, you know, there's new kids coming up all the time. And we watched the, the challenger circuit, which is sort of a level below the elite. So the pro touring pro, see who's up and coming, try to get him to come on. Great. So whenever, so whenever you do even trades and things like this, because Nashville has now acquired Jess Lockwood. Yes. So tell us about that. What was the decision behind? I mean, obviously we, we know Jess Lockwood's history, great mm-hmm. writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how, how did that come into play, and, and how did you make that decision? So we, Justin McBride and Jess have a, a long relationship, a long history, and I think Jess had always looked up to Justin, and there's some story about Justin McBride action figure being on top of Jess's <laughs> birthday cake at some point when he was four or eight. I've heard different numbers. But so, you know, Justin, it really starts with Justin. We do have a, a writer development expert on our team. His name, name is Keith Ryan Cartwright. We call him Moneyball. And his job is to go find new talent. So he's always, you know, scouring what's going on in other countries and what's going on here and other circuits. 
So they just said, hey, we should, we should try to get Jess. We should try it. So I call, I just called. <laughs> cold called. I just called their, their GM and I said, hey, we've got a great young gun rider who I think is looking for more opportunities a little further down on the depth chart for us. And I think you, he's a good fit for your team. And so we haggled over that for a week and we could not be more thrilled to have Jess. We're really excited for a lot of reasons. I mean, he's a, he's a good addition. Well, we couldn't be more excited to have you, Tina. Thank you for dropping by with us. We'll be back with Tina Baddock, I should say. <laughs> All right here, Roll Radio Series XM, right after this. Hey y'all, it's Freeman Arthur, producer of Should Have Been a Cowgirl. If you'd like to keep up with Jenna or myself, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and yes, Jenna uses threads as well. You can follow Jenna at cowgirl.jenna on all social media platforms, and you can follow myself at Freeman Arthur on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stay tuned, we'll be right back with more from the Bridgestone Arena Plaza on Rural Radio Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM with the general manager of the Nashville Stampede, Tina you're listening to should have been a cowgirl with jenna heideman on rural radio channel 147 on sirius xm welcome back should have been a cowgirl tina i tell people all the time i should have been a cowgirl me too i grew up in illinois oh nothing about horses or rodeo and i went to my first nfr I went to my first NFR a few years ago, and I fell in love with the rodeo scene. Mm. It was crazy. I think Jess Lockwood might have rode that year. Probably so. And it was it was an, um, just an amazing time. But um, you are the only female general manager in the PBR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, that is true. That, that is, is true. true. It's a fact. That is a fact. It is a fact. It's, it's a fun fact, which I forget. Yeah. You know, I just, it doesn't occur to me. And I, I've said this before when it gets pointed out, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And every once in a while, I'll look around. And I'm like, I am the only lady in this room. Um, but I like it that way. I've always been that way. You know, I'm very much a tomboy. I always thought I could hang with the dudes. And, I, you know, I'm, I don't back down for much. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I like to use all the tools we have. You know? Yeah, I think there's some advantage to that. Sure. I think... I think that sometimes folks will, I I don't have to be as aggressive. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're, there's a lot of bulls in the room (laughs) and when I'm, I'm the one that's not, I think I can kind of change the tone of things sometimes. And uh, I, I've talked about how often during the, the first season where we were doing so much foundational work with the league and the teams and the rules, I found myself in that, really like mediator spot a lot just Mm -hmm. trying to be the person that helps push things forward so that that's always been interesting but I like I like that position because people think it's novelty to be you know a woman in this sport there are a lot of tremendous women you included in in this lifestyle that are really making things go around and I think we see things from a different angle and we we approach it differently and i think we have we've tended to be the innovators Mm -hmm. because they've been doing it this way for so long right true yeah 200 years this is how cowboys do it and right we're like oh well have you ever thought of that (laughs) and so that part's been really fun and um i'm surrounded by really really great men and women but it's really fun to see the the women flourishing in this 
industry and in this organization, it's pretty cool. Is and my team is all women, actually. My my you know my marketing team and um, the people that are here making this happen. They're they're all our marketing manager for this market, is, who's crushing it, is is female. So yeah. Is there is there someone in your life that's been a massive influence to you, whether it is in business or just personal, or someone who's had just a massive impact on the success that you've had? You know, I think it's funny because here I talk about women and and my definitely my parents. My parents are very were you know, very different people, but my dad, we call him affectionately, he's, he's passed away, but uh, we called him boot camp Bobby <laughs> because he just was a pick yourself up, power through, yeah. get it done, hustle, uh, make it happen, be nice to people, you know, you're going to get further that way. He just was that guy. And I think I, you know, I kind of evoke his his spirit a lot in doing this just because he he was a badass Mm -hmm. and he he knew everyone and people you know he could light up a room he was one of those people um so I think I just learned my work ethic from him and he gave me this insane confidence that you know he was just like well why why couldn't you do that just try so I find myself saying yes to things I'm like oh yeah I'll do that I can be the general manager of a bull riding team even though I don't know yeah I'm like like how hard could that be so I I joke that if you know something was happening on an airplane I'd be like I can land it you know I got it I got this I think I could do surgery I think all these things because you know somebody's got to do it right right and and why not why not me why not you why I mean let's let's just go for it so I'd say my parents and my mom tempered that with a very patient you know thoughtful approach to everything so you know they were this great balance and I'd like to think I took kind of the the best of both of them um, into this so you know that that would be it and of course I've had mentors along the way that have have really helped me along that saw something in me when I was young. Cause I, you know, I definitely didn't, it never started out this, you know, this was not part of my plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I had folks who just believed that I could do things. So I would say yes and I would deliver. So, you know, that, that's kind of how it's been. In this environment, you definitely carry yourself with a lot of poise and confidence. <laughs> I mean, has there ever been a time, at least at this level that you've gotten to where that ever, kind of you, you get a little nervous about something or, or is that confidence really just stuck through I think I'm always nervous about and you know and I think part of the and I think I would take that as I'd like to think I have a, a measure of humility to know that you know I didn't create this I didn't create this on my own that we this is what you see here is the work of a te- real team you know, we, I might have big ideas and I think at the end of the day, I know that I, I lead the charge, but it takes out from the people that are supporting me at home to the people that are supporting me in the office. It's like, we have these ideas together and then we make it happen. So I, you know, I'm always, I think everybody does. It would, we, if somebody says, oh yeah, I got this all the time and they don't ever think twice about it, they're lying. We all get, you know, we all get nervous and we want it, we want it to look good and we want to impress people and we want, we want people to be amazed. So, um, I think that, that there, that's always in there. And I think that keeps you hungry, honestly. Like if you, if you were bored and you're like, I got this, like, why would you do it anymore? You know, why would a guy get on a bolt? 
if he was like, oh, I got this. Why, you, nobody wants to get on the bull they know they can ride. They want to get on the bull they don't think they can ride. And I think I do that with my, my career. I'm like, oh, I don't know. This one's going to be wild, but let's do it. Yeah, I'm not sure who was the original quoter of this quote, but I heard little Jimmy Dickens say at one time on the Grand Ole Opry that if you see a turtle on a fence post, you know that he didn't get there by himself. So, mm-hmm. so to have that person, you know, somebody that mm-hmm. acknowledges that, you know, all the help that they've had. I am a turtle. I am. I am a. Like we're all turtles. I am definitely <laughs> a turtle, and and I I you know, and I would like to think that you know we're all kind of stacking on top of each other, and and now in at some point there'll be another turtle, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely did not get here on my own. <laughs> So we're here in Nashville. We're, we're on Broadway. Uh, you know, switching switching gears just a little bit. What kind of music do you like to listen to? Or were you a country music fan before you started doing this? Or you know, I've always enjoyed probably what I would call mainstream country music. Right. So, you know, definitely. I went through an era when I was in college where we all wore broomstick skirts and concho belts, and <laughs> we had red cowboy boots, and we'd go, you know, cutting it up at the cactus rows. So that was a thing. My husband and I used to cowboy cha-cha. That was a fun Oh, oh what is uh, that? It was like some dance to Neon Moon that is still oh, like, yeah. we were like the first, okay. you know, when Neon Moon was first there and we'd be out there doing our little dance. But it it wasn't so much a part. I, oh, I'm like, a, I'm an 80s girl. So I was like hair bands and Def Leppard and Bon, I've probably seen Bon Jovi 10 times, things like that. But I just love music. And so I have really grown to love country music and sort of all swaths of it and we've got it on all the time at our house and our friends come over in Colorado and Rad. they're like what are you Rad. listening what are you listening to and they were like oh we love this one so and you know we have an anthem that Bryce Long who's a very well-known Nashville mm-hmm. songwriter wrote and performed for us so um, you know we we leaned into the music thing but you know I'm, I'm kind of open to everything so, being from Colorado, did you ever get to go see a concert at Red Rocks? Have you oh, ever? It's a rite of passage. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh, that that should be gone. on everyone's bucket list. I still haven't gone. Sure. I'm waiting for like the perfect show. You know what? There is any of, the any of them. Here's what I will tell you: is that no matter what happens at Red Rocks, it's epic. Because if the weather is perfect, it's epic. If the weather is horrible, it's epic. There was actually a terrible hailstorm hail there a couple of months ago. <laughs> like literally, sent people to the hospital. But it's ama- It's just. It's. It's almost prehistoric. You go out there and it's just magical. So even if it's somebody you kind of like, go. you should go. It's got to be on everybody's list because there's no better venue. Yeah, I've been out there hiking around it before in Morrison. Whenever mm-hmm. there there wasn't a concert that day, uh, but I did get to go see the venue, and mm-hmm. I, I just thought. I think you like two weeks after that, yes. Running the stairs. Yeah, I was one of them. Put, put oh, good for you. Good for you. Put, put that as number two under the Grand Old Opry for you to go play. Yeah, I've got Billy Bob's. I've played at Billy Bob's, but the Opry and then Red Rocks. Yeah, we'll you throw got it, yeah. Red Rocks, Red Rocks is cool, cause, you know, and I'm sure they do it at every venue where they sign. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I've seen a lot of, you know, up and coming artists there, and I've seen some big, big acts there. So yeah, it's it's an amazing place. So yeah, you, you'll you'll get there. Now, when you're in Nashville, do you have any favorite spots to go? Anywhere to recommend? You know, I don't venture far <laughs> from this. Uh, I actually went to the original Losers for the first time last night. So oh, yeah, that, that was really fun. And we, you know, we're we're going to Old Red. Of course, PBR's opening a, a bar here. 
in uh, about a month actually and it'll have a stampede pretty oh, very pretty well cool. stampede influenced on there so the cowboy bar there um, and you know there's just lots of really good food here and I like to just ramble into a place and be like oh let's try this I will say Blanco across the street okay is one of I didn't want to places. say it because <laughs> I'm embarrassed to tell you I've been here for four days I've eaten there twice oh my gosh no. <laughs> so I, I didn't want I thought this is just not that is know. one of my favorite places and underneath of it is an underground margarita bar if you like margaritas oh it's, it's a cool vibe and they have some really good drinks oh i didn't so, know this yeah. i'm a fan of the watermelon smash margarita oh, okay. it's got the spicy tahini oh yes it's delicious so i've had a, a handful of those <laughs> since i've been here so i i feel so validated by that i was like i don't want to say because i don't know if it's a cool restaurant but i love it i love it it's, it's a go-to and I, I i every time i come here i eat there at least once so blanco's blanco's the jam all right, we're sitting here with Tina, Jenna, and I'm Freeman, your producer on Should Have Been a Cowgirl, Rural Radio Channel 147. We'll be right back and to wrap up the show. PBR in Nashville this weekend. Hey, y'all, it's Freeman Arthur, producer of Should Have Been a Cowgirl. If you'd like to keep up with Jenna or myself, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and yes, Jenna uses threads as well. You can follow Jenna at cowgirl.jenna on all social media platforms, and you can follow myself at Freeman Arthur on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from the Bridgestone Arena Plaza on Rural Radio Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM with the general manager of the Nashville Stampede, Tina Baddock. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. We're kicking off PBR Days in Nashville. Tina, what can we expect and kind of what's a rundown of what's happening all weekend long? So we're about to kick off here. We're, of course, on the Bridgestone Plaza right now. We've closed the street um, at the corner of Broadway and Representative John Lewis. And we'll have some vendors out here with, uh, we have Liquid Death out here. We have some drinks being served by the uh, Predators organization. We have some merchandise and some different activities. We'll have a mechanical bull if you're so inclined. I heard that competition is tomorrow, Freeman. Yeah. Oh, no. So Jenna, that, have you ever ridden a mechanical bull? Ooh, back in the day. <laughs> you know what? I should probably do that because I'm not even You should. That one. I know. I should. You should kick it off. I, I, have, a, I have a record of like finding a way to hurt myself with things like that. So maybe maybe on Sunday I'll try it. But so we'll also actually have live bulls out here. So that's oh, exciting. That's cool. We're gonna have two every day, okay. um, big, so people can come and, and see what folks are dealing with. But they'll be out here on the street. Um, folks can look at them and pet them and Can they excited. get on them? You know what, uh, if they're qualified, I will <laughs> draft them to my team. Um, then, so we'll have live music out here all day on the plaza, off and on, and then doors open, I think, at 6.15 tonight. Tonight, we're bringing home the buckle. So we won the championship last year, so the champions are coming home. And so tonight's champions night at uh, the event, which starts at 7.45. Tomorrow, we have entertainment all day on the plaza, and then we have dirt, right, we're honoring Ryan Dirt Eater, who is one of our riders that's retiring. And he came out of retirement to ride. He was uh, always super close to winning a world title as an individual rider and and had some catastrophic injuries. And he came out of retirement to ride for Justin McBride. And then we won. We won that buckle. And Ryan was a big part of that. So tomorrow's dirt night. 
and we will be honoring Ryan Dirt Eater, and that's exciting. And then Sunday is Back the Blue. So Sunday it's wear your fan gear. Um, we're hoping that all the you know first responders, law enforcement, nurses, doctors, all the all the helpers come out, and we can honor them on on Sunday. So that Sunday the performance is at 1:45. So and you know we've got some great teams. We got the best bull riders in the world here. Um, the top. 40 bull riders are all here and they are raring to go and we are really excited to have everybody come out. Something that I didn't cover earlier that now I'm curious about. So when we talk about bulls and getting matched up with people, what is the bull selection like and how does that process work and where do these bulls come from? So the bulls were made by the devil. <laughs> um, they, the, the bulls are, we have a, a whole list of stock contractors and they bring, these bulls compete to be at this elite level. And so the bulls, you know, there's a whole competition side for the bulls. And then we bring in the top hundred bulls in the, in the country. And they, we have a stock contractor named Riley Gagnon who puts together the bullpens and so we know who we're riding tonight so we get those bull draws ahead of the event and then we get to place the rider on a bull um but and then we have uh then we bring out the real baddies on sunday so um but but it's really their their points are getting them a spot into this Event, so how far ahead does a rider know what bull they are going to be Tuesday. matched up on? So Tuesday at noon, mountain time, they knew what bull they would be getting on tonight. And then tonight at about 11 o'clock, they'll know what bull they're getting on tomorrow. And then they, you see them immediately go to their phones and start looking at video <laughs> of the bull. And it's amazing. The, the athletes are they're students of the bulls, so they'll know. You'll say, you know, you know, death's doorknob is coming, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's the little red one, and he does this and that." So they're, they, they they know. Yeah, they're they're for real on this one. Where can everyone follow? And where can everyone follow the Nashville? Stampede? We are we are all over social media. So we're at NashvilleStampede.com. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, which I think is now X. X. Threads. So we're on threads, we're on TikTok, and you know, we have lots of, you know, we have lots of gnarly bull riding videos, but we also have lots of really sort of motivational, like, here's cool cowboy shots. And, yeah. um, you know, our, our cowboys all have big personalities, so we like to showcase them from time to time. But yeah, follow us and, you know, to give it a, you know, give it a look. Yeah. It's, it's really fun and you can you can watch it every weekend almost. And then you can follow us all season. So next week we go to Austin, Texas, another great city, another great music city. And uh, we'll have a big event there. Their team is rolling. So, um, yeah, if you're not, not in Nashville and you're close to Austin, come on because it's good times and more, more fun. These are really fun events. I think folks need to come out. It's mm-hmm. a really like a festival. And they're going to get bigger and bigger every year. So Yeah, so if you're in Nashville, come out and support the Nashville Stampede, our, our home team here, because I would like to think that, you know, the more people you've got out there in, in, the, in the arena that's cheering on these people, the, the riders have to feed off of that. They definitely do, and they know, and, you know, we're because it's our home market, we have the opportunity to zhuzh everything up for them and, you know, vomit blue and gold all over the, the city and we're lighting up the bridge and putting up big things so yeah they know and, and it's definitely the sixth man for us so the energy in the arena is insane 
and you know we had some really good games last year and and it's it's just magical in there it's really cool so not a dull moment so tina thank you so much for taking the time to come on with us oh, best of you. luck to the nashville stampede this weekend we'll take it for freeman arthur jenna heideman and tina baddock the general manager of the nashville yeah. stampede we're live on the bridgestone arena plaza Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. PBR is here in Nashville. Come out and support. Come out and see us. You've been listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl on Rural Radio Channel 147 exclusively on Sirius XM. Oh.